0: Soybeans and bean meal found a way to force enough short covering to get a higher close to end the week. But corn, wheat, and even cotton were on the defensive to wrap things up today. Lean hog futures capped off a strong week with slight gains, while live cattle futures used a two-day rally to climb to the top side of last week's close.
1: Live from the final lap of the week via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll begin with a conversation with Dan Bossy from Ag Resource Company. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Laurie.
0: All right, Davis. Yeah, what a week it has been. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. Apple Joe and I made the trip down to Louisville on the National Farm Machinery Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope mm-hmm. you guys enjoyed our coverage from that. It was really cool. Really cool to uh, to see the the new line of equipment that is is coming on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks again to the folks at Great Plains for uh, uh, for sponsoring the show and to Case IH for sponsoring the show. Dude, it, I, I'm telling you, we we mentioned the behemoth combine mm-hmm. that we were mm-hmm. sitting in front of a couple of times. It is. I mean, it's it it. it it's a different scale mm-hmm. than than uh, than what I'm used to seeing sure and uh, it, when mm-hmm. I was talking with Leo Bose yesterday I said you know this looks almost like something that you built because you can
1: uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: you know and uh-huh. but then we got into the conversation about no we're doing this because that is the most productive machine that we can put out there in mm-hmm. the field right now. It does what? farmers have asked them to make a combine do yeah and the demands that producers are putting on the equipment now it was on display across the uh, national farm machinery show so if you're listening from down there or making your way home right now hey hmm. shout out be safe and uh we'll see you again next year down there so
1: any chance uh when you were in such close proximity to that case ih behemoth Is there any chance at all at one point there were children climbing on it and somebody walked by and said, get off my case?
0: (laughs) Did that ever happen? If someone would have been climbing on it, it would Mm -hmm. have. Okay. Okay. It would have. I can live in that world. I I think they're a little protective Mm -hmm. of the one that they've got right now. Uh-huh. I would imagine so you want to protect that mm-hmm. that's right that's right okay so defensive end of the of the week in corn yeah. that market was kind of defensive all week so was wheat uh soybean futures came back and tried to well they did they did close higher today erase some of the some of the losses from earlier this week. But if we're looking for the strong price performance, we got to get over to livestock and, and the cotton market on the week as well. So let's get to the details. What do you got, buddy? Well,
1: Chip, the uh, grind lower in wheat futures accelerated into a sell-off the second half of this week. March, SRWD wheat futures opened a slightly lower and tried to rally this morning but fell to close low range. Front month, SRWD futures tested support at the November 27 low, and that support held for now. But downside momentum is building in wheat futures chip. March hard red winter wheat closed to lower each day this week and scored back to back to back new contract lows to finish the week. Today's high range open and low range close will keep bears in charge. Front month spring wheat futures also traded to new contract lows several times this week. Funds are ready on the short side are already on the short side of the wheat markets and traders say there's little incentive to cover profitable positions at this time. March HRW wheat futures eight and one half cents lower five sixty seven and a quarter. March SRW wheat down six and a half cents, five sixty half. March spring wheat close at six fifty-four and three quarters down three and one quarter cents chip here in KC. The talk has been three Pete, three Pete, three Pete. Yeah. But back to back to back new contract lows <laughs> in the wheat market doesn't help anybody.
0: No, it, it, that's a that's a different kind of winning, isn't different it? Different deal. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. On the week, March SRW wheat futures down. 36 and a quarter cents March HRW mm. down 34 and a quarter and March spring Wheat futures down 29 and one half cents
1: chip March corn futures also traded to new contract lows in the second half of the week Wednesdays and Thursdays low range closes turned into an attempt at an upside correction early in today's session front month corn tried to climb back on top of the pivotal 420 level but the rally was rejected and corn closed at just below the opening range There are hints that funds are growing tired of the short side of the corn market, but they have more incentive to stay short than to begin to exit those profitable positions. There's minimal concern about the Argentine and Brazilian corn crops in current corn prices, and traders say it will likely stay that way until South America's corn crop issues turn into more export demand for U.S. corn. Mm -hmm. March corn futures were one and one quarter cents, a lower four sixteen and a half. May corn down a quarter of a penny to four twenty nine and one half. July corn futures closed at 440 and a quarter up one half cent today.
0: We will talk with Dan Bosse here in just a little bit about what's going on down in South America. March corn on the week down twelve and one half cents. July corn down ten and one half cents.
1: March soybean futures posted a double digit upside correction and still posted an inside trading day with a low range open and a high range close. Chart watchers say that points to more consolidation in the prices in the week ahead. March bean meal also recovered most of this week's price losses, but sellers stayed in control of the soybean oil market, with futures closing near the low of the week. Harvest is progressing in Brazil, with yields, quote unquote, worse than expected in many fields. Mm -hmm. That was incentive for pro-farmer crop consultant Dr. Michael Cordonier to cut 2 million metric tons from his Brazilian bean crop estimate earlier this week. March beans were a dime higher today at 1172 and a quarter. May beans up 10 and one quarter, 1176 and a quarter. July beans closed at
0: 1184 and three quarters. That's up nine and a half today, Chip. All right. March soybeans on the week down eleven and one quarter cent. July beans down fifteen cents. March bean oil down one hundred and sixty-seven points. And March soybean meal down a buck twenty. Now let's take a quick look at the new crop contracts. December corn closed today at four fifty-eight and three-quarters. November soybeans 11.48 and a half mm. that gives us a stocks to not a stocks to use a bean to corn price ratio of 2.50 to 1.
1: Well, March cotton futures came within 10 points of resistance at 96 cents today the contract posted an outside trading day with the close below the opening range the market is primed for profit taking but it is riding the wave of buying in the soft commodities. March cotton seventy six points lower today ninety three eighty seven. We talked about cocoa this morning, didn't we, Chip?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Seventy six points lower in the March contract this morning, but on the week up a two up two hundred and nine points. Heck yeah, uh, just a really solid week for cotton again in the old crop.
1: April live cattle futures posted the highest close since November three, but stopped short of a test of resistance at that day's high. That's at one eighty nine oh two and a half. The two-day rally at the end of this week in cattle futures got prices higher on the week and in position to push higher again next week. April live cattle a buck 95 higher 187.55. June futures jumped 95 cents to 182.82 and a half. The March feeder futures 392 and a half higher 251.02 and a half. And chip that's the first close above $2 or 250 in March feeders since October yeah. 16. Yep. Yeah. And after a big rally on Wednesday, April lean hog futures were in position to test resistance at the January 30 high of 85.92 and a half. But yesterday's and today's rallies stopped just short of that price point. April hogs, 22 and a half higher today, 85, 22 and a half. June, up a nickel, 97.75. Chip.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt the April contract is knocking on the door of resistance. There's little doubt about that. On the week, April live cattle futures up 82 and one half cents. March feeder cattle up 3 dollars eighty-seven and a half cents, and a half cents. And the big gainer in the livestock this week, April lean hogs, up 4 dollars seven and one half cents. Okay, we've got Dan Bossy, Ag Resource Company, standing by and ready to go. He's next here on Agritalk.
2: Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena.
1: The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on Agritalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG.
0: All right. Here we are, end of the week. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Dan Bossi is with Ag Resource Company in Chicago. uh, Offices around the world. But we're going to talk about what's happening in the U.S., What's happening in south america and we'll probably will talk about what's happening in the black sea region let's bring him in right now dan it's great to talk with you again how are you
5: i'm very very well on a friday and a three-day weekend ship so uh hope back the same with with you
0: yes absolutely things are going well another three-day weekend it we, we bunch them up at the start of the year don't we
5: we really do it just seems like we had one in january here we are again but uh You know, President's Day it is and uh, getting closer and closer to the start of planning and uh, the excitement builds.
0: Yeah. You know, two years ago, the President's Day weekend was uh, we had the rumors flying around about Putin potentially making a move on on Ukraine. And and there it was. It happened. And uh, then a year ago right now, we were wondering just how bad that Argentine corn and soybean crop was going to be. There's some uncertainty about South America still in play this year, Dan, but it's, it's nothing, nothing like we had a year ago, is it?
5: No, it really isn't. So so again, as I look at that Brazilian crop, you know, we have finished the crops for about 10 days. We came out at 145.4. So, you know, we're on the lower end of things. We're still collecting data from our clients down there, our farm clients. And, I'm still believing there's some downside to that number, uh, but USDA has been very slow to move. Now, historically, USDA tends to make their leaps in March. And so we'll look at the number at that point. But again, if you're looking at the trade today, there's crop estimates at Persocia, which is the farm union down in Brazil, a Soybean Association, they're at 135, USDA's at 156. It's a, it's a big divide yet, trying to get our arms around how big or small this Brazilian crop is.
0: Yeah, 135 makes a difference. What? Well, heck, 145.4 compared to a 156, that makes a difference to the outlook, doesn't it, Dan?
5: It really does. What it does is it it, it it gives us an export opportunity because if you look at the premiums in Brazil in the last week or so, they've been screaming. I mean, we've now got premiums that you know, at the end of January, they're five they were going home. 65 under nearby. And as I look at June and July, we're about 10 under. So the market's telling you that maybe the crop's not as big as you would like, especially when you, look, you know, when you look at June and July, that number a year ago was like about 80, 80 cents under. Now we're 10 under. It tells you that there's a lot of demand in that position. So I don't know, as, I, as harvest is somewhere around 30% done today, I still think there's room to the downside. And as I said, if there's 11 million metric tons, that's 400 million bushels. It's a big deal.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. Harvest, 30% done. Um, as I understand it, yields have been underwhelming to this point,
5: correct? Very much so, especially across the north in Goyas and Mata Grosso. Now we're getting data from Paraná and Mata Grosso de Sul, also underwhelming, if you can use that word. Um, you know, um, uh, it, again, producers were hoping for something in the in the range of, you know, uh, we'll call it 52 to 53 bushels per acre. I always bring it back rather than talking about sacks or bags because U.S. farmers don't understand that. But it's coming I mean, somewhere between 46 and 48, and so there is some reduction. Um, like I said, I, I'm hard to get track
0: press- of uh, You're breaking up on us, Dan. It's hard to keep track of
5: what? Uh, I'm sorry about that. I, I still think a crop of 142 to 144 is possible. And that would be enough to say that 1150 holds us on, on soybeans here and may rally us back. Oh, something like 12 and a half, or maybe closer to that gap that we left in early the year of 13. But let's see how it all plays out.
0: Okay. All right. I got, I got to stay on this just a little bit because I want to understand uh, something a, a little better than what I do right now. So, the yields that are coming out of the field right now are are they are they worse than what the producers expected?
5: They're going to be in a percentage somewhere between fifteen and thirty percent below last year, and probably five to fifteen percent less than producers were hoping for. Okay, Uh, with the biggest losses being in Mato Grosso in the north, where. You know, I think everybody needs to remember they plant a 99 or 95 day soybean up there so they can get back in with Zeprina, and those those short day soybeans they they got to be treated right every day, and and yeah. they just weren't treated right from October November into the first half of December.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a different it's a different animal than than what we grow up here, and and uh, uh, it's it's closer to corn in some ways than it is soybeans. Um, so. If if these yields are disappointing, producers and the producers were already the low ball number in the market. Uh, at, at what did you say it was? One thirty five.
5: One thirty five is apersocial. Eightfold producers to stop selling soybeans because uh, of their bullishness relative to the crop. I okay. say that because it's not a number there. So again. I, it's hard to be bullish in a market that just keeps continually going down. And that's been yeah. the case in our harvest, looking backwards. But maybe as we think forward, if you get a smaller Brazilian crop and, and then maybe we get into spring, there's chances here to get some season the market and at least have a bounce along the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, there's, more in, there's more uncertainty about the South American supply now than what I had. What I thought I had in my head at the start of the conversation, Dan, you've opened up some downside concerns for me on this thing. What about corn? Which direction are the, is the Safrina corn acres going, Dan? On, on one hand, I see some that are thinking there's going to be more than what 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 uh, producers were planning earlier, and some are saying that that uh, Safrina acres are going to be less. Which is it?
5: Well, I, I, I would tell you that the, the bid today for Safrina corn delivery, which is going to be in the month of July, just uh, called in and it's two, $2.62 this afternoon. Um, the, this would be in Montegre and the area surrounding that important state. Um, farmers, as we have them down there, have a break even around 320 to 310 as I look at it, many of our farm clients are not going forward and putting in the inputs they would like. A few are putting seed in the ground. But we kind of think for today, a number of a 118 or 119 million metric tons is a good number to be in the total Brazilian crop, with that sofrida crop probably down at around 89 or 90. So, you know, as you as you think about it, uh, as we think about it anyway, I, I, I believe anyway that the USDA has got to come to town. But most Will be the weather during the month of, of, of April? where The forecast suggesting the monsoon could be a little erratic.
0: Okay, the forecast for April or the weather in April is most concerning, and uh, the monsoon could be a little erratic there, and and so not a real clear picture on on it at uh, at this point. Dan, based on what you know about South American soybeans. South, and and include them all, uh, all all the producing countries based on what you know about South American soybeans, South American corn. Does it turn into any additional export demand for either U.S. corn or
5: soybeans? On 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 the Safrina side of corn, we all know the lurking monster in the background. What is the Brazilian crop? In Argentina, they will be an exporter. They're already competitive with the United States. Um, and on soybeans, I would point out this to the listeners: I'm using my 145 Brazilian soybean crop, uh, hmm. an Argentina crop of 50, and about, with Paraguay included, about 3 million. Yeah, Dan, we're losing so you here. Uh, we're. You know what?
0: We're going to. Um, no, uh, we're going to go ahead and and let that signal recover here just a little bit. I got enough of that that I'm going to put a little bit of a summary on it here. Um, I'm going to let you work with uh, with Joe see if we can get a little bit better uh, signal going for uh, for for the next segment. But the 145 and 50 145 Brazilian crop bean crop and a 55 Argentinian bean crop. What I want to know when we come back is, does that turn into any additional demand for U.S. soybeans, Davis? It's like we've said more than once. More than mm-hmm. once, we can have a drought in Brazil. We can have a drought in Argentina. Does it? But but the question then becomes: Did the drought really happen? If it doesn't turn into any additional demand for U.S. corn or soybeans. So that's where we need to get to in this market. We need to find that demand that, number one, gets the funds to at least quit selling Mm -hmm. in corn and soybeans. Had a little bit of a bounce today in the bean market, no question about that, but... Giving a bounce some legs. I don't know if a supply side scare does that. It's gonna take demand. We're gonna continue the conversation with Dan Bossing next.
1: Let's go to the markets page at ProFarmer.com and check today's closes. For March, hard red winter wheat futures were eight and one half cents lower at 567 and a quarter. March SRW wheat down six and a half cents to five sixty and one half. March corn futures one and one quarter cents lower, 416 and a half. May corn down one quarter of one penny, 429 and one half. March soybean futures one dime higher, 1172 and a quarter. May beans up 10 and one quarter to 1176 and one quarter. March cotton futures 76 points lower today, 93.87. On your livestock's April fat cattle, a buck 95 higher today, 187.55. March feeders $3.92 and a half higher at 251.02 and one half. And April lean hog futures 22 and one half cents higher at 85.22 and one half. Get more market news every market day. Try profarmer.com.
4: My mom's got a new case i tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car steer with ease and it can also cool my juice box yeah her case ih tractor can do everything she needs it to
2: looking for a tractor that can do it all check out caseih.com go on the offensive against weeds with Antares complete from helena
1: Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The truth is hard to come by these days unless you listen to AgriTalk.
0: Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Fledger with us. We are in the middle of a conversation with Dan Bossie, Ag Resource Company. Uh, Dan, during the break, I got an interesting question. I don't know if there's any way that you can... That, that that we can you know prove an answer uh on to this question but i think it, it is worth talking about and I, I i like where teddy's coming from on this uh the question is if usda was at 145 to 150 instead of 156 where do you think march soybean futures would be trading at
5: today So we can model out uh, what we call G3 stocks use ratios, which is Argentina, Brazil, and the United States on a monthly or quarterly basis and come up with a price that would uh, fit that question. Um, Just looking at research that we did last week, it would indicate to me that March soybeans would be closer to 12.25 than 11.50. So, you know, it would add 75 cents at a minimum to the upside, uh, potentially a dollar if you got the market turned around and we got some shortcomings from the fund community.
0: Well, that, that would feel a whole lot different than eleven fifty does.
5: Well, yeah, but it, it you know, again, it's um, it's the the world, the world, uh, if you will. As I think we're going into break, I wanted to bring up that if I use a, a an Argentinian soybean crop of fifty and a Brazilian of fifty five, and the Paraguayan crop, I mean, only like four million tons above last year. Last yeah. year we had soybean prices, you know, at some points with thirteen and fourteen. So, you know, I I, I really. Don't want to get bullish here, but I don't want to be bearish below eleven fifty. I don't know how else to say it, Chip. I, yeah, yeah. The, the the South American crop sizes are very important.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I hear you. I hear you. Uh, it, and the the question that I've been asking is, what does it take to get the funds to stop selling? Maybe maybe the funds stop selling in soybeans today. We don't know. We don't know. But um, it. it is, is a supply-side concern enough to get the fund selling, or does it have to be a demand issue?
5: I think it's a combination of getting the South American crop sizes coming down and then getting the realization that we are heading into a new growing season and the risks that come with a new growing season. And I'm not talking the Northern Hemisphere, and that may be enough to get some of these guys to change. But, you know, as I work with a lot of these hedge funds, and they're now using AI more than ever, they just keep selling until the market pushes back. And I think we need the market to push back for a week or two before they say, you know what, maybe it's uh, the wrong time to be in the pot. Hmm. Yeah.
0: It just gets harder for the market to push back. And, and, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's just a different dynamic with, with AI and, and, and everything that, uh, we're trying to figure out exactly what it means for these markets i don't it, we always talk about the pendulum swinging well pendulum swings were determined by human emotion it, so are the swings going to be less or or more when you take the emotion out
5: i don't know <laughs> i i don't well, know well i don't i don't either I don't either, but I'll tell you, if I, if I, and I think the first, the first AI move was, was a macro one. In other words, if you look at the U.S. stock market, where it almost goes up, we're now sitting at a record high. And then you look at commodities, which uh, you know, we've been slumping for a long time. The macro play has been one of, well, don't fight the Fed, be long of equities, be short of stuff. And that's kind of panned out here. So you know, what we need to do is we need to see the Fed start to lower interest rates. Uh, we need to see the dollar start to decline. And then some of these macro guys will start to change their tune a little bit. But I, like I said, I don't think we're there yet. I think it's probably something for the second quarter, not the first quarter.
0: Okay. All right. With that in mind, let's talk about some domestic fundamentals in here. We got the NOPA crush numbers yesterday. They weren't as good as what the trade was expecting because of some really tough weather that we had in January. But it was still a record number. It still looks really good. The trends are going the right way on crush, aren't they?
5: No, they are. We're crushing a lot of beans, record numbers. And I think that number will continue to grow as we head into the end of the year. Uh, We have a U.S. crush rate uh, being 40 million bushels above the USDA based on the analysis of trend where we're at. So that makes sense. Uh, And we, you know, I I do believe as you get into the drawdown period for soybean oil, we will need the oil that comes forward, especially with the California Rodero plant coming back online sometime in late March or April. So you know, um, these things uh, are, are good for the market. Uh, where we really need to get something going would be export demand, and that's probably not going to happen till late summer, fall, and that's the question of the South American crop. But those are the kind of things we need to come together. Yeah. Tell me more about that plant,
0: the the plant out in California, the Rodeo. What what was it?
5: Oh, Rodeo. It's the Phillips 66 Rodeo, California plant. It's a monster. It's it just we're talking $2.5 million. Uh, gallons of renewable diesel potential a day. Three lines. Uh, it's the biggest uh, facility in renewable diesel in the United States. They're planned opening right now. Uh, they've given us a window from late March to late April. Um, I would imagine somewhere in the next few weeks they'll start accumulating feedstocks. And so those kind of things are pretty important when you think about the capacity and amount of vegetable oils that could be utilized. Uh, we're not there today, but I think as you turn the, cal- as you turn the calendar from February to March, we'll start talking more and more about that plan and getting it online.
0: Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, the USDA had the annual egg Outlook Forum this week, Dan. We saw the, the uh, uh, balance sheets come from Seth. Uh, we talked about it a little bit this morning. We'll talk about it a little bit more right now. Was there anything in corn, soybeans, wheat, cattle, hogs, cotton, anything? That caught your, your attention? Well, I,
5: I mean, the cattle numbers were quite bullish. Uh, the, the grain numbers were quite bearish, unfortunately. I think if I combine uh, the three grains, corn, wheat, and beans, we, it is about 860 million bushels more than last year uh, in their outlook meeting. So, you know, uh, uh, that's that's somewhat of a problem. Um, and, and, again, it's, it's growing South American demand and, and less trade, which kind of is, is buggering the market, if you will. And so, uh, yeah, we came out of that report, uh, and and again, the market sold off accordingly. And we, you know, unless there's a weather problem, it's difficult uh, to get overly bullish uh, unless uh, South America or the United States had an issue with Mother Nature. So kind of where we are today. It's a bear market with probably near a bottom, but hard to get bullish until I can see a supply dislocation.
0: Right. Okay. 91 million acres planted to corn. Does that make sense to you?
5: Yeah, no, we were at 91 based on a December survey we did of clients. We were at 87 uh, uh, on soybeans. So those numbers are right in our wheelhouse. Um, I'm telling you, we're going to do another survey in March. Initially, I'm getting some indications that maybe that corn number could be a little larger by a half or one million acres. I always say that because farmers are telling us the fall was so good. uh, When they did fertilizer applications, they didn't stop or slow down. And that may pull a few more acres of corn when we do our survey for March
0: yep. Um,
5: the, the carryover
0: numbers, which of course turn into beginning stocks for the next marketing year on corn and soybeans, based on these these tables that we got from USDA, Dan, they're starting to feel like snowballs and, and that the supply side yeah. is snowballing on us. Do you get that concern?
5: I do get that concern. And there's there's, you know, unless it's Mother Nature, I don't have a lever to keep that avalanche from coming at us. That's the problem. And uh, you're right. I mean, if we don't have weather problems, we end up with growing stocks and I I need a new demand driver. And we thought it was going to be renewable diesel to some degree. But if you're going to have a soil market at forty five cents, it is not renewable diesel. And Somehow it's the demand for soil. That's probably the only demand driver, at least at the moment that I see out there.
0: Why haven't we seen more of a reaction in the bean oil market?
5: I believe it's tied to all of the what I call palm oil that's coming into the west coast of California with a French fry and a hot dog in it. I, I use that uh, deliberately, if you will. But I, there's lots of evidence that we're seeing virgin palm oil coming into the west coast with, let's say, stuff within the cargoes, which is being passed off at used cooking oil. Um, I I think there needs to be a feedstock policeman looking at that because if indeed we allow China or Southeast Asia to dump that vegetable oil on our shelf, uh, it's renewable diesel will not be the demand driver that U.S. farmers were hoping for. So I've been telling uh, Washington and and the California Air Quality Board this is something you need to look at. They are having a board meeting on the 21st of uh, March. We'll see how that comes forward. But one of the recommendations from staff is they want origination now on used cooking oil and some of the other ingredients so that they can determine whether or not, you know, there's deforestation in Malaysia or in Indonesia and it's hurting the environment more than helping it.
0: Dan, isn't there specific legislation uh, that says we can't use the virgin palm oil for for a seed stock? Oh, milk? it is.
5: You're right. But 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 again, there's no as I call it feedstock policemen. Right, And we need to have, we need to have verification of this stuff. And so there is rulings on that. And, and again, it's disruptive. And I think that's why the air quality board of California is looking at figuring at least staff recommendations, getting where the origins come from and then doing some testing so that we know these cargoes are not being, uh, uh, spiced, if you will, with foreign matter, so that they appear like they're used cooking oil. Um, you know, the price of palm oil today is trading above the price of soybean oil. This doesn't happen very often, but it's kind of telling you what's going on in terms of Southeast Asia trying to get in the carbon credit business.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, those, those, uh, those carbon credits and the, the, the tax uh, benefits are not in place to support Malaysian palm oil. That is for sure. It, uh, it is in place to support. Feedstocks coming from the U.S. Uh, wow, man! Uh, great conversation. I wish we had time for more, but uh, let's do it again soon. Have a great weekend and and have a great extended weekend.
5: Thank you, and uh, same to you and your listeners. And uh, we'll be back again. But uh, lots going on in agriculture yet. Chip.
0: There it is, there it is. We need to uh, we need to get you back on and and round things up here again very soon. Dan Bossy, Ag Resource Company. All right. Davis and I will be back to wrap things up here in a moment.
2: Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds. Protect your soybeans early with Antares complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more.
4: My mom's got a new case IH extractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car. Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com.
3: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
1: You suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag Agritalk. Shout out to the good professor.
0: Yeah. Little
1: Ramstein for you. Welcome back to Agritalk, everyone. Your pal, Davis Michelson, here with Chip Flory on your Friday afternoon. Agritalk, Agritalk. Very exciting. Yeah. Yesterday you were good enough to hand over to the big green leafy microphone of Agritalk to me.
0: Yes. Um I
1: mentioned in the fourth segment uh, I just I brought up some sad news and I I feel like I kind of want to revisit it because I have some more details that put me a little bit more at ease. Oh. Um I'm sure you heard uh, maybe you didn't chip uh, after the big hoopla yeah. downtown for the for the Chiefs Super Bowl party and I'm not yep. trying to you know what I don't want to belabor the chiefs and the victory and all that sort of stuff. After, as everyone was headed for the cars, there was a, there was a shooting. Over 20 people hurt. One person, unfortunately, succumbed to their injuries. I do have an update, um, and I feel like it's it's worth reading here. I'm just going to take a section here. This is from a chunk from, what is this from? From KCUR.com in Kansas City. Police believe the shooting occurred because of a dispute and not not because of terrorism or extremism. Uh, the court says more charges may come as police continue their investigation. They've got two juveniles in custody, Chip. Yeah. It sounds like it was an argument, just a disagreement between a couple of juveniles that yeah. turned into showering the crowd of Chiefs fans with, with bullets. Um, terrible, awful, horrible. Um, continue to pray for these folks. I believe nine of them are, are children who were injured. Um, but
0: <laughs> Terrible.
1: Terrible, awful. If anything, you know, at least it wasn't some terrorism thing. So you know, because uh, there were a lot of well, questions around here about that. And then you know, once once you go down that road, then you wonder, well, where am I safe? You know.
0: Oh, so now you ask that question. I no, a lot of a lot of well, people have been asking that question for a while now.
1: Well, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but in this situation, that you know people have almost been afraid to say it out loud. You know yeah. what I mean? It's all, yeah. uh, it's just such a horrible, there's, scary, random. This thing. feels
0: like there's more to this than a dispute. You know, just two kids yeah. mad at each other. It it, it really does. Um, yeah. There's the, the, it, it feels like there's going to be news leaking on this event for a while.
1: Well, and like I like I talked about yesterday. Again, I don't want to be a labor. We'll, we'll get off this real quick. Right. But but my wife and I, you know, really discussed. Well, what what do you focus on then? Do you you know mourn the terrible thing that happened at the end? Do you let that eclipse, you know, the the, the triumph of the city and everyone's right. having such a great time and millions, you know, not millions, hundreds of thousands, maybe a million flood the downtown, but we can't talk about that anymore because it's inappropriate to you know. Yep. That's a tough yep. thing. It's terrible. Often. it is yeah anyway that's that's what I have uh for the latest on for that. the update there good yep yep okay um moving on Dan bossi AG resource <laughs> company uh <laughs> dude I wrote this down this is new to me palm oil into the west coast what are we doing yeah but, uh, you know and this comes on the heels after our excitement at that 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 ethanol to jet except yeah. that ethanol is Brazilian. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: Yeah, So importing
1: feedstocks, yeah.
0: Well, and the thing is, you've got to have a carbon intensity score low enough on the, the origin of the ethanol to make it qualify for feedstock for sustainable aviation fuel. Now, most... It, it, and we're going to get the determination when we get the final decision the final final decision on the greet model and how that is going to be used in determining the tax credits available but mm-hmm. it's a buck 75 on sustainable aviation fuel um a buck 75 a gallon so if those tax incentives are in place, what do you think do you, do you think you you look at the incentives that are in place on the west coast on the re, on, on the renewable diesel, mm-hmm. you don't think pirates would be willing to take a shot and try to get their hands on on mm-hmm. some of that? That's exactly yeah. what's going on. You can't use virgin palm oil, but you can use you can use used cooking oil that is imported. Well, you know, there there are people out there that regardless of the need of cooking oils across Asia uh, that uh, that would take it and uh, degrade it from food quality and make it so that it can get that tax incentive out of the Out of the West Coast market rather than uh, trading in in for food. There's something weird going on when palm oil is trading at a premium to, uh, to soybean oil. And that has to be, quote unquote, artificial demand that is pushing palm oil from its Traditional markets into a different market, and we might be seeing that happening. Uh, we're going to talk more about that with with people that know a lot more about it than I do as mm. time goes on. And we're going to try to figure out exactly what is happening. But yeah, man, on it, uh, right? If if, if you want to know why this bean oil market has had a tough time getting going, it's because when you fill the, the the market up with bad players, that's, uh, that's the kind of thing that can happen. National Weather Service, six to 10-day outlook, February 22nd through the 26th. Above normal temperatures across the Corn Belt. The highest odds for above normal temperatures, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Western Iowa. Uh, below normal precipitation, expected across most of the Western Corn Belt. You've got eastern Iowa, eastern Missouri, and areas to the east expecting near normal precipitation. Then uh, the 8 to 14 day, February 24 to March 1. We've got above normal temperatures across the, the, the Corn Belt. I mean, crazy. And above normal precipitation across the Corn Belt as well. Thank you so much for listening. Government offices and markets are closed on Monday we're gonna learn about the origins of Machinery P.